welcome back everybody to the X's and T podcast. I'm really excited. I get to bring back another worldwide guest that we are going to do our part two episode. Um, but of course, before we get started, I just want to again thank every single person who has offered their support, who has come and shared their stories with me, who has shared the podcast. And I just, I always say this, like I have so much gratitude because I always wanted to share these stories. And I really hope that everybody who has come and shared, I hope you guys have a sense of peace afterwards, but know that you guys are supported and we're all kind of becoming this big community of anti-Amway people. And it makes me so excited. So thank you guys so much. Um, but also disclaimer, yes, when we talk about Worldwide Dream Village, we talk about Amway, you know, it's, it's hard for me to do these disclaimers because I have to say everything's alleged and these are all based on personal experiences and personal opinions. It's tough to say that because I feel like I have so much animosity towards these organizations, but for legal reasons, I have to say that, um, you know, I'm not here to defame Amway and Worldwide because they are just two entities in the world. And if you are an adult and you want to join, hey, that's up to you. Not going to tell you not to. I would, however, suggest listening to these stories and maybe proceeding with caution. Uh, With that being said, you guys, I have Antonia back with me. If you guys don't remember, Antonia was 17 years old when she got introduced to this business. She was in high school. She was doing sports. She was in with her sister like you guys this was a wild time for her and the last time we spoke we only talked about her first year so we have so much more to hear welcome back Antonia thank you so much for being here hi thank you so much for having me back I appreciate it yeah gosh I just looking back at all of the things that we talked about last time like it's so crazy to think that that was just your first year I mean you're in high school you talked about how you didn't have the greatest upbringing and your greatest home life. You're talking about how you're in it with your sister. And then there was this 22-year-old dude who was being a predator. And then, you know, these people know that you're 17, but they get you into the business. So after your first year in experiencing all of these things, you have to, you know, get rides from Crosslines home when you're in the process and you finally graduate high school. What in what what is your second year starting to look like at this point? So my second year, um, once I graduated, I wanted a higher paying job. So I started working at in and out. And then I worked there for like two, three months. And then I was like, okay, I need a better job. I need to eight, I need an eight to five. And luckily I was able to be connected with somebody in the in the church because I, I did explore the Mormon church once again and just trying to see if it was so if it was okay to just go back and then somebody from there got me a, this job at this medical billing office and that was basically my job for the next 3 years um and i was that second year i was basically grinding and i was still living at home and so i was just working and building the business i did have a car like this really junk jankity car a Mishibishi. Yeah. I feel like it was like a drug car before or something because it was solely, it was just totally like ripped apart. Like it was crazy. And then I think I was just working hard at the business. I would go during lunch or after work to build it. They basically said treat it like a baby. And so I did. Um, so sometimes I would go before work to go and like talk to people. They say, don't, don't say prospect, but yeah, I was basically prospecting. And, um, uh, and so I was, I was just basically following the plan and I was making conversations and cating her. And um, I think in those years, in the first like two, three years, I feel like she really wasn't like, uh, JC wasn't really like coaching me. 
like she would I I I later found this out how she was coaching me wasn't the way wasn't the right way because when that's when I started coaching people towards the end with my team and so she would always say she would tweak some but most of the time she would just be like good job on to the next good job on to the next and that's like not when I started coaching people and I look back I was like I don't think she was really coaching me like I feel like they sabotaged my success in that way as well because had she been a little bit more in depth about her Kate's I think I would have gotten more traction it doesn't matter now because I'm like I'm glad I I got only six seven people in it and that was it (laughs) but that's what the second year was about um I was single for a really long time because I was building it so much and um, I think they praise singleness a lot. Um, like, yeah, she's doing it as a single, build it as a single. Well, she's doing it as a single. And it was like, and it was weird because it was like, I felt like dating was kind of a bad thing because I was building it single. So I started to date when I was 19. And I think it was weird. I always had a gut feeling that it was weird that they wanted me to, um, the first date, do a meet and greet one. Ah, oh, yeah, I heard that. I, I, I always had a gut feeling that that's so weird. Like you're interviewing people for a process, but yet you're interviewing a boyfriend, you know, like it, like a potential boyfriend. It, it's, it's yeah. weird. Oh, yeah. you don't go into dating in that way. I, I don't think, you know, and like, I just, yeah. So when that, I think it was like that third year, I was 19. So 18, I was just busting my, my butt doing it. And then 19 is when I kind of started to, want to date people and like people wanted to date me um and I had a guy that I dated in that year try to warn me about it and I just wasn't seeing it like he was showing me exactly the numbers and stuff and how much money I was losing and I wasn't listening to him (laughs) and I and I you know and I get that right like he was just trying to protect me and I didn't see it back then because I was just blind you know I was just following blindly um and so he and so I just but he was not even a good guy at the end of the day anyways I was like no like we don't we shouldn't talk because at the end of the day like someone doesn't support you in your ambitions it doesn't have to be Amway just your ambitions in general like then they're not really for you you know oh yeah for sure that's so I want to kind of go back really quick because I agree with you absolutely that you know maybe it's a good thing he didn't support Amway itself but you're right like you're passionate about this at this time I'm sure you believe like this is the rest of your life you are grinding you are doing all the things and this person doesn't support that. Like, I could totally see how you're like, nah, like, you're not good. Like, it's fine. But when I'm looking at like this whole, like, treat your first date like a meet and greet one. I've heard that. That's wild to me. Like, could you imagine, like, imagine you're the person on the first date and they just start like talking to you about your goals and ambitions. And like, I know these people, like, how would you respond if someone, I mean, it like, if you hadn't been in the business and somebody did that to you on your first day, how would you have responded? Honestly, like, I would just, I think it would be kind of weird, right? Like, I think you would yeah. feel weird. I always put myself in somebody else's position. And I was like, I feel like that would just come off so awkward. Like, and, and, it, and it did, it does, you know? Another thing too, like, they, in that third year, that's when I started moving again. Like, my mom was kicking me out and stuff so I would like I would go in and out of my mom's house a lot um like move out move back in move out but move back in that's how she is you know and um 
So this was around the time where she had somebody in her downline, uh, JC in her downline. She only sponsored her and she was an older woman. And so I was paying her rent um, and she was able to find me a room with this, with her downline. And, you know, essentially it was cross lining, right? And there was boundaries and stuff that they were telling me before I got to move in with her. And I understood that. But I rented out this room for with her and she she was like, uh, I feel I feel like because I was grinding so hard, I really didn't have time to be at home. But I feel like she was still coming into my room and like looking at it. And all I had was like laundry all over the closet. And when you're grinding that hard, like, you know, you really don't, you know, care about what's clean at that moment or cleaning your room right after work. Right. So. You just care about building the business. And so she started criticizing me one night. We got into like an altercation where we had to call Jan- uh, JC. And um, and what happened was uh, when she was, she started, I don't criticize in arguments. I try not to do that because my mom did that a lot with me. So she yeah. started criticizing me first, like right off the bat. And I feel like JC was all about like seniority. Like, you and she, when I was like hating her and called her up, she was like, I want you to go back in there and apologize. And I'm like, yikes, was not criticizing her. She criticized me first. I don't care if she's 50 years old. Like, I, yeah, I respect your elders, if, but only if your elders respect you, you know? Exactly. So, like, I hate that mentality so much that, like, oh, because they're older than you, you got to respect them. It's like, no, like, we're not relatives. We're not. Like, we don't know each other like that. And even if they were relatives, I think we had that conversation before, that. right? Yeah, I was like, even if they were relatives, <laughs> no one should be disrespecting you. Exactly, yeah. man. It's wild. But for your upline, to, it, it just, it feels like your upline is treating you like a child. And I know that Thank you're very you. young. Yeah. But you were old enough to get into this business. But then when you're in the business and you're trying to be equals with these people, all of a sudden, like now you have to bow down to somebody older than you, despite them being like incredibly disrespectful. Yeah. It's like they like I paid my own bills at the time. I paid my own car insurance. I paid my own phone. You know, I didn't I paid my rent. Like that's not something a child does or a 19 year old does. I, and I was building that. And I, I thought, and this is the, well, the part that got to me is that I was loyal for, to them at that point for two years. So they knew, they already knew my character. I was being the perfect downline, right? Never messing a meeting, you know, doing core every single day. I mean, every single day. And I did not miss a day, you know, and I uh, did not miss a function. And in those two years, like, like, and so for her to have sponsored this woman and like known her for a few months and knowing my character and she's known me, how can she not have my back? Um, yeah. And exactly. I didn't, and the way we grew up, right. We don't really listen to our feelings right away. So <laughs> true that. So I was like, I just felt like my body and it's weird, but your body does know before you do. So I found myself when she was in, when we did these huddles or whatever, after a function, like not wanting to hug her, not wanting to talk to her. And I'm like, why don't I want to do this? Why don't I want to be close to her? Like what happened in in that moment? I was like, oh my gosh, she didn't have my back. That's why. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Uh, Which is triggering, especially when you have a parent who will quite literally throw you under the bus, right? It's like, you have this person that you're expecting to be better than your own family, right? They're promising you all these things. And then they, not only do they not have your back, but they make you go grovel to this other person. Like, I just can't, Oh yeah, get, mm-hmm. I can't get down with that. Like, that's weird. 
Yeah, I don't like that. Like, I, I'm sorry, but I don't. You, sh I'm not gonna be a bigger person. Like, why I, why should I be if she was disrespecting me first? You know, and um, so like the good downline, I apologized and just moved out. Um, and then uh, so that 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 was another red flag, basically. Um, was that right there? And of course, I continued to be loyal. Um. In my third and fourth year, um, it was a grind. Like you, when they say going ego, it takes all of you. It does, and I and I did go ego. But the thing is, with my with my downline, you know how they say you are what you attract. Yes, I was attracting a lot of people in the same position as me, and yeah. I, like you know, a car but no home, or no car but a stable place to live. Like they had, they always had something missing, you know. And uh, yeah, I didn't like that. I didn't like, I think that was one of the, re that was another thing that I, that why I quit was because I, I kept attracting these people and I'm like, no, I don't want to put someone in the same position as me. Cause it took a lot for me to go to ego in my position. And I don't want someone yeah. to go same thing. Mm -hmm. You're right. And gosh, you know, what's interesting is every time I talk to somebody who did build an eagle ship, right? Because I remember being in the business, be like, I want to go eagle so bad. Like, I feel like I lost. And Brie said this too. And when I had an episode with her, she was in. Um, oh, yeah. It went, she was like double eagle, right? She she had almost gone double eagle. Yeah, she she took a big business when she left. So like, shout out to Brie. But, you know, she had said that it was not as great as she had anticipated it to be. And I always remember, man, like, that's going to be the end all be all. This is going to be it. Once I go eagle, like, it's all smooth sailing from here. No, like, it really upset me, too, to find out. Because Brie also, she sent me a um a breakdown. Because I, I released the audio, right, where I'm going through what the club owner is saying. And uh, on the audio, she's like, I was an eagle and I did not make that much money. He says that eagles and above, are his eagles are... Uh, making a thousand dollars you'll make five hundred dollars as an eagle if you suck she's like I didn't even make anything close to that so when you were an eagle as far as kind of just really quick the financial side were you making this thousand dollars that they said that you were going to make at eagle not a thousand but I was getting like four or five hundred dollar checks like when I left the business I had savings I had six thousand dollars left in my savings from oh. the business account yeah that's good I mean yeah. hey that's amazing but to hear that you only made four hundred dollars yeah oh, like, compared to, like compared to the products that you that you buy right yeah. and that wholesale retail and that other money that disappears no I spent a lot of money like <laughs> yeah oh yeah you know what I mean like crazy yeah. and you're right this the word is the the secret money where does that go you know and it's like it's wild but but as far as like kind of the emotions and everything that you felt like what was it like? Okay, so how long had you been in the business when you went Eagle? And what was that really like for you? Was it kind of what you expected? What kinds of new things were you seeing? I think it was like year year four that I went Eagle. You know, you you got to go down with the other Eagles. And there was a lot of people because I, I had a lot of Kate sent out through the whole organization because how I worded things and that they liked it and they sent it out. And uh, a lot of people say thank me for moving on for all because they knew all that I went through, you know, to get to that point. And like, um, you know, obviously you get more recognition, recognition from other leaders and they look at you different. Um, and I was very real. Like when I, when people will come up to me to ask me questions, I was very real with them. You know what I mean? I wasn't fake. And like, 
um, there was there was also eagle rooms that I got to go to and it was nice, you know, and like when you don't have like that strong like upline mentorship, like knowing that they're doing something wrong. It's like you don't really like for me, I didn't really care anymore. Um, yeah. Like they weren't. Cause even like uh, we'll talk more about the ending of of me building the business, but you know, there was I was having like this panic attack and like you know I we always hear from other leaders like oh call us like I called her in the middle of the night and I answered, and there was one time where I really needed her to answer the phone, and she was like can we schedule it, and I'm like that's not a friend. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's not. No, and that's one thing that also has kind of been a really common denominator is they're going to be your best friends, right? Friends, right? When we think of friends, I think of somebody I can call and be like, hey, so we're free. You know, are you free this night? Like, let's go hang out. Like, let's do something, right? But with worldwide, it always has to be business specific and you always have to can schedule it. You're right. Like, that's not a friend. It's weird. And mm-hmm. That just, I feel like, makes it even more superficial looking back than, mm-hmm. than you know, even that I realized in the moment. When when you were in those moments, when you were in Eagle and you were getting around the association, and were, were you ever criticized for being as honest as you were? Because I know sometimes, you know, if we, if we say the wrong things, our offline can get upset. I think uh, they, they more, they did one time about my downline. Like they shouldn't be knowing my personal life, but I always believe that maybe, like with your downline, maybe they should see your like. It's it's just weird. It's like you know, it's okay for them to know for me personally what's going on. You know what I mean? So it was very hard for me to keep stuff away from them, knowing what was going on. And she would always keep me like, hey, you know, that was passing that negative downline. Try not to keep it to yourself, but or like that double right. stack we talked about um in other podcasts where don't 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 pass negative yes. downline but bring it up line but oh wait we're not your therapist <laughs> exactly like yeah it's just so wild the way that that they do this like you're right you're absolutely right because it's linear their conversations your your negative only goes up or whatever but I really like the way that you looked at things because I think that your angle and what I feel probably made you really successful was the fact that you were real. You weren't doing this the superficial BS way that they're trying to teach you to do it. Like you can only take fake happiness so far. And for you, it sounds like you were so relatable to people and being like, no, like I went through some shit and if I can do it, you can do it kind of a thing. Yeah. And like also to my meeting greets, some of them were like two hours because I actually, and they only wanted it to be an hour. Right. But yeah, some of them yeah. were two hours because I actually took the time to get to know them and for them to get to know me. And like, yeah. And like, I think that's what really helped as well. Like take me that far was because I actually really was very like real. Like I really cared about these people. I cared about their success. I cared about making an impact. I really cared about that. You know? And then that's what yeah. that's what took me that far. And so, um, and then my meeting gigs were sometimes two hours. Yeah, because and because wow. I generally cared about people. I really, I like, and it did impact me in positive ways. The business, right? And that's why I I was able to do that with people because I wanted them to, like, you know, get what I got. And don't get me wrong, like, if it wasn't for those books, I wouldn't have healed the way that I healed. Because some of the books were healing for me, you know. Like yeah, the book Founder, that was huge for me, that book. But um, 
but at the end of the you know towards the end i just there was a lot of things that i just i just woke up basically you know yeah definitely and that's the hard part too is kind of now it's 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 hard sometimes i feel like like when we're when we're out now there's so much that you look back on and you're like man like i can't believe so much of this happened but when you're there in the moment and that's what i really want people to understand is like these people like we're there are heroes like we didn't just overnight decide that and, and some people do don't get me wrong some people overnight are just like i hate these people or i didn't really want to or whatever but there's definitely a slow grooming process. And then when you finally wake up, you see it. But when you're, I kind of want to go back. So I'm, I'm really fascinated by this whole going Eagle thing. Cause I never got to do it. So I didn't have like this association differences and stuff. But when you're, when you were there and you were down on the floor or you were in these Eagle rooms, like, did you, cause one thing that Brie had said was she had heard some like locker room type talk where like upline were like dogging on their downline and stuff did you ever hear anything like that or did you hear anything that maybe us baseline people weren't hearing no um not nothing like negative like that with the the guy that talks really fast organization they in that in the eagle room they really it was kind of the same way as like the second look meetings you know like they they were just in that like what do you call it um when they're all sitting in a row, what do you call that? Like, I, uh, I totally forgot what they, it's like a panel. Boom. They, they had panel. Oh, yeah, 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 yes. Yeah. Sorry. I totally forgot. No, you're good. Um, but there were, there was, they did panels like that in the Eagle room. So the, all the wives talk, the double Eagle rubies, the husbands, then also like the diamonds men and then diamond women. Um, yeah. and then, you know, they really talked about like, you know, you guys are eagles. You guys are not examples. Like the seriousness of that, and like the seriousness of going double, and like. But yeah, that's really that's that's what I remember. But nothing, nothing yeah. negative like that. What we experience. That's good. I like to hear that, though. I really do, and it's it's nice to see that there can still be some level of positivity. I mean, it's toxic positivity, but it's still positivity. Because I, when I heard her kind of express all of the things that she had experienced, I was like. I bet anything my my eagles were very similar to that concept. That's just kind of the vibe that I got from them. But I love to hear that. That's really positive. So now that you have built your eagleship and you are, you know, continuing through the business, like what things changed for you when you had gotten to this level? Like, I know that you you kind of talked about how this was year four. And I know we're probably bouncing back and forth, which is really fine. But like, did did anything like really substantial happen after that point that really started you to kind of see things for what they were? Yeah. So, um, I, they started coaching, uh, this couple. Um, so they started handing off coaching to me, right. To, to my, to the four, I think for just the five people, because there was only one couple that I sponsored. And, uh, there was a situation where this couple, made someone aware they brought them to the process jc and her husband they took him through they were modeling this meeting for them and they recognized that they mark recognized that he took them through this like he made them aware before and so at the end of the process because this couple had made them aware years later after they made them aware and they're now modeling this meeting for them uh, i don't know if that makes sense but at the end of that process uh, Mark and JC were like, "Hey, you either get sponsored by us or you get sponsored by them." Oh my gosh! And so they basically stole a leg f 
from my downline. No And way. I mean, mm -hmm. oh my gosh. I mean, I know we've talked about this before, but I can't get over that. Like that totally goes against what they preach. Like totally against like, if you find this person, they're yours kind of a thing. It's just like saying that sounds messed up, but that's how it is, right? And for them to see that you had brought upon, like, or not you specifically, but like your downline, like, that's still your business, right? Mm -hmm. Like they still stole from this, from your downline's business, from your business, because they couldn't be okay with the fact that someone else did it better than them. Yeah. That's wild to me. Of course, they were about to get a leg. Yeah, like they were so, so about with and like, um, and I, I brought it to her attention one time I, during like a, I think it was a second look and I went up to her and I was like, Hey, you know, I just want to bring this to your attention about this situation. And this, you, you, this is how she is sometimes. And she would be like, we already talked about it, so they'll get over it. And I, and I'm like, wow. that's messed up, you know, yeah, because like, they're feeling a certain way and their feelings are actually pretty valid. So for you to just dismiss it is like it's um it's effed up. Yeah. Hmm. That there's a lot of shady stuff happening. Yeah. Really throughout the entirety of of your your time in the business, but this particular event is extra fucked up because they're like they were selfish. Like this person still would have been in their depth, but instead of really wanting to coach their downline to have a good quality business, they quite literally sabotage all of you guys. Like either we yeah. sabotage. Like that's ridiculous. I am just in shock yeah. that this is happening. And so, so this happens. And what are some other really large toxic red flags that you kind of looking back noticed that were just kind of continuing to make this process of staying in the business harder for you? Um, it was so COVID really helped me like realize a lot because it got to the point where um, something woke, I think it was after a relationship that I, it woke me up to see the reality of my life. And it really, I had to take a step back. I'm like, what is it that I want now? Like I'm 22 years old and like, and I looked at my, the past year and a half or two and I counted how many times I moved to try to keep this business together. And at that time I had moved 13 times in the last year or two of that business, building the business. Wow. So that was, that was one of the real, the reality checks. And second was when they always say they value family and my sister was not going to be able to, you know, keep a job during COVID and we were going to be, you know, she wasn't going to have a place to live and we weren't living with our parents at this time at all. So we we're going to have to rent a room and share a room. And so um, I knew that I wanted to keep some space for my sister because um, I know we didn't have a good dynamic, but at the end of the day, she was still my sister and I wanted to help her. So for her to, for them to like say like, you know, I thought you were going to stop talking to her and give her some space. I'm like, it doesn't matter though. She's still my sister. Um, yeah, of so course. So, and also like attracting those the same people with the same position and because I was still taking and like just towards the very end, like I just was like, and then just looking at the reality of my life and the reality of how much they, you know, what they've done to me in the last, you know, four or five years. 
that's what made me make the decision. Like, all right, I'm leaving. And I didn't ghost them. I warned them and I stayed for like two more months, I think. And, but I wrote them a letter and I think I still have a picture of the letter. And like, I wrote them a letter, basically in the letter, it, it was saying like, Hey, you know, like I'm not, I'm not some kid. I'm an adult. I pay my own bills and you guys have treated me this way. And, um, and I, so I didn't ghost them. I just wrote the letter, dropped it off. And then I actually started like calling every single one of my legs. And I actually went to every single one of my legs and told them that I was quitting. No um, way. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I Wow. just, just respectfully, you know, and, um, some of them have stayed and I think they, some of them are still building it. Um, and that's okay. And they were trying to stop me, but Uh, some some of them were even saying like oh well this is the only thing I got going for me like this is my only plan to like retirement right so yeah. they stayed um and I totally respected their decision um and there was also this one uh leg I still keep in contact Dan uh, her name's Danielle and uh she we still talk today she, she's a labor delivery nurse and she um and that was it was she's A lot of them were staying for me. They weren't staying for them, for my upline. Yeah. Because they knew wow. my heart. Mm -hmm. So when I quit, I, she, I felt like it gave her the, the okay to be like, okay, I can quit too, which was cool, you know, because I'm like, okay, you know, like, I, like, please don't do this. Like, you don't own, I think that's another thing that I want to let people know too. It's like, you don't owe these people anything. Like, I heard a lot yeah. like, okay. Well, they served, well, they saved my marriage or they, um, we wouldn't be together if it wasn't for them or I wouldn't, um, um, uh, been healed because of the books. I'm like, but at the end of the day, how life is, you don't owe anyone anything and no one yeah. owes you anything either. Um, that's, that's, yeah, it's just basically waking up, looking at the reality of my life and what I wanted and how I felt and like looking up, uh, basically looking back at all the red flags. And I just was like, and and also to me, the whole scheduling thing at the end, when I was like having a panic attack because I didn't know what I was going to do with my life. I yeah. just, I that was like the, it was a done deal. Cause I was like, that's not a true friend. Right. Right. And yeah. Wow. I mean, the way that you left is pretty dope. In my opinion, I wish I would have contacted my downline, but I was scared. Like, At that point, I think I was just like, okay, I need to focus on me and my kids. And like, I think I have since spoken to at least half of the downline that I had ever like sponsored into business. Um, but the rest of them, like, I would love to contact them and be like, bro, I'm so sorry. And I hope one day they hear this. Hey, I'm so sorry, y'all. But like, wow, the letter too, that is that is genius. Cause like nobody, I don't, I wouldn't want to face them. I'd be like, nah, like, I don't want to see you face to face. I already hate you this much. So, and I'm not even like, like at that point when I left, I didn't hate them like I do now, but there's so much that led you to this decision. And I think one thing too, that you had mentioned that we didn't bring up in the other episode, that was a pretty big deal was the fact that they had a function close yeah. to the time and near the hotel where this Las Vegas shooting was. Can you kind of talk a little bit about that? Yeah. So I talked to uh, Michael and Michelle about this and they confirmed, um, but it was basically October 1st. There was a shooter at the Mandalay Bay shooting at this country music concert that was going on. That was a big deal, but it was the very next, I think it happened on a Sunday. It was the very next day 
she confirmed in her calendar. It was the next day that we had a second look. A lot of people were asking if we should still go or not go. But, you know, the, the guy that talked really fast sent a whole Kate out to everybody saying it's still going to go on. And wow. uh, mm -hmm. a lot of people were like, it's still it's messed up that we are, you know, that we have to come knowing what had happened. And like they were saying, oh, there's high security. But at the same time, even though none, nobody in the organization was like affected. And I don't know if that's the right word, but there was people's families who were, though. You know, the, it, they knew a friend that went to it or, you know what I mean? And so, yeah. um, so I was, it wasn't like a good time to like, you know, go ahead and just do say, Hey, show up the next day after that. You know, that's drastic, you know? Yeah. That's scary. And <laughs> to be so selfish, that's wild to me people in the whole community were shaken up about this i mean the entire the entire country was shaken up by this you know like so like country fans were all like so shook about this because it's like that could have been a concert i would have been at like that's absolutely a show i would have totally gone to if i you know the if the stars aligned or whatever and then you have the entire community of people who were locally and then you have the people who are there. Like, there's just so many layers to the trauma that this caused people. And worldwide, instead of being like, you know what, let's be respectful. Let's not schedule this right now. They should they should have put this off for at least two, three weeks, if not a month. Like, let the community grieve. But instead, they're like, no, we're actually still going to have this fucking meeting. Like, what the fuck? That's so crazy. I just... I am so sorry that that happened. And wow. there was a, so I don't know if we mentioned it in the first one, but it was um, you know how they did a lot of delay gratification in the business. Well, oh, yeah, and you know, with all due respect, like I have to, I want to mention this because this is something as well, an example of some when it comes to a time where they should cancel something is when the the my upline was. You know, they were expecting and yeah, we're gonna talk about this. Yeah. So I think I think it was year four, year three or four. It was right before my my team's board plan. And I had saw her before um my the the board plan was beginning. But she was having complications and she was gonna go to the hospital that night. And I had saw her before the board plan until so she left. And I just believe that if, you know, there's a board plan and, but if there's something, a really personal life thing going on, like something like that, especially that she's expecting and she's having complications, there should no be no meeting at all. I wish I could have just said to, to, to Mark, like, Hey, your, your wife needs you and like, just go, you know, and don't even worry about it. But I think even soon after that, when they lost the baby um they showed up to a second look meeting don't know how how far along it was but even the good the guy that talks really fast saying like even though we we would have understand that they're that they wouldn't have been here um they're still here and like i just believe that they shouldn't have showed up i think they should have just took an attempt to grieve you know um yeah. and there was things too like i didn't cancel meetings when um it was my great grandma who had passed and I missed her funeral. Wow. Because I was like, oh, you know, I have meetings the next day. I don't I don't think I can cancel them. I think they'll just 
you know, I got, I can't go. And that was actually the first time, like my mom's El Salvadorian side of the family, all of them were there and I'm probably never going to get that chance again, but I didn't get to meet them. So I think there's just moments in time in our personal lives that call for an okay to just reschedule. You know what I mean? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. There are. And that's something that I now realize myself. And and what's funny is every time I schedule to meet with somebody on the podcast, it always feels like a meet and greet one, except for I'm not trying to bring y'all in a way, right? But I am so yeah. grateful for everybody who's ever understanding if we need to reschedule because like, you know, everybody's got families. Some people have to reschedule or I need to reschedule. Like it's okay to do that. And the fact like when I was in worldwide and, and like, just like you said, like, why was it ever a thing? Why was it ever never okay to reschedule? I mean, even with, I know it's probably not, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, but like weather was one in our neck of the woods that they never scheduled for. And I don't know how much snow Vegas gets, but we definitely did not get it all the time in Portland, but we did one winter and they would still encourage people to go. And I I think I went to one, it was snowy as all hell. And thankfully I had experience driving in the snow, but they still held a meeting. They should have canceled and been like, do not leave your house. Like it's not worth it. Or the, the, the fires too, from, uh, 20, I think it was 2017, the Eagle Creek fires. It, there was a lot of, uh, of our, of our business not like mine specific, but like my cross line who are downline from my platinums and, and my diamonds, like they're all in Hood River, which Hood River, you need to take the gorge to get down to either Vancouver or Portland, whichever area they have the businesses at. They closed down the gorge. Okay. A lot of people were still encouraged to go and they would take an even longer route just to get to these fucking meetings. It was, and they would go that way. Like it would be two hours, one way to go to these meetings I would that hear that. Up. I would hear stories a lot about that, like the Canadians, like yes, yeah, yeah. Like I would hear that. It is messed up, and I feel like they, literally, I them their mindset is like, you know, we want you to die for this, basically, you know. Yes, and it's like, yeah, I don't even know. Like I haven't heard yet of anything or anyone, you know. I I've heard of accidents happening. But I never heard of like an actual death happening. So, but maybe whoever comes around, you know, and you, you know, continue to, to you know, record more testimonies. We like one. You do. We do. That's definitely yeah. It was her offline platinum. Uh, had passed away and was in the parent organization to the guy who talks really fast. And um, so he was, she was in that diamond ship, but she was in one of their diamonds who was downline from them. So it was like the same organization that Brie was in. So somebody did pass away. She passed away from a car accident. And they said that she had passed away building the business. And it was really sad. So they had, one of the things that she had said was that a lot of her upline, I think one person, her upline, it was not the diamonds. She was on like a texting basis with the guy who talks really fast, his parents who are like, Oh, GOGs in the business. Right. And her diamond and, and their downline diamonds who were also her upline diamonds. She's in a texting basis with these people. She was a Sapphire 
I think, yeah, she was either a ruby or a sapphire when she passed away. She spent her fucking life in this business and none of them except for one person in her upline. And it wasn't those diamonds who went to her funeral. And they had to create, her family had to create a GoFundMe for her. Like she's a sapphire in this business. And the question was was posed. It's like, how, why did they have to create this GoFundMe if she was making all this money in Amway and in Worldwide? And that was really devastating to hear. They even created this like hashtag do it for her her name and like do like they really exploited her death the like, hearing that was a true travesty it was so devastating yeah. to hear that she honestly that's that her heart in life yeah yeah it's like if she was told like hey your upline's not gonna be going to your funeral you still want to pour your life into this i don't think anybody would say yes to that yeah and knowing that like the diamonds knew who she was and like they have all this money why didn't they pay for her funeral that's exactly. Oh man, that's so messed up. I I can't believe it. Like that's that's at first. That was my first time hearing that. It's very uh, inhumane. That's what I'm trying to say too. Like it's very inhumane about all of it. It's not. It's just not okay. <laughs> it's not real. It's not. It's not like empathetic towards like situation. Like they we have warnings on our on our phones right in Las Vegas about flooding. It's like you know, it don't go anywhere, you know what I mean? And it, and we have to listen to that, you know? So it's like, why don't they do that there? Why don't they do that in the organization? You know? Yeah. It's, it's truly devastating to see the things that people will go through Mm -hmm. in this business. Very quick. There was a lot of stories that I started hearing. Like I just started hearing like stories about this person and this person, this person quit, even some big legs quit. And, um, and I'm sure Michael and Michelle will share that too because they know they're the ones that I found out even more stuff. And I was like, that's yeah. insane. Um, but yeah, I I after I quit too, um, I had six thousand dollars in my account. So I ended up putting a, a down payment on my car that I still have. So I am I do have a car payment. Ooh, you know, <laughs> they always yeah, like yeah. <laughs> the evil know, car payment. Yeah. Um, but I used half of that to put that down payment that I still have the car. Um, and, um, uh, and then like, after I quit, I had messaged my friend Bree and I was like, Hey girl, like I quit. And she's like, dude, so did we. And she'll, I, I'm not sure if she'll, if you'll do a podcast with her, but she was also like influenced to marry, uh, young and in the business and quickly as well. And I was actually, um, the one that helped her with her divorce, uh, me and her, like I literally, we were like go shopping at Costco and like, she would vent to me about the relationship. And I just would like, look, Brie, like, you know, if I thought this person was your soulmate, like I would totally be like, go in there and work it out. But I know he's not. So I need you to understand, like, I need you like to leave this guy, you know? So it took her a while to leave him, but eventually she did. And we ended up becoming roommates in our apartment um yeah we both would like we do have a lot of like ptsd because of this business and we would come home sometimes like like and like share what we felt like oh my gosh like like money and like the mindset and like like um just like it was such a relief having her in my life and it still is like she's still in my life and i'm she's actually a singer now and i'm so glad she's she actually wants um and like it was just cool to have someone to relate to. Uh, and that's why I'm glad you're doing this too. Like, oh my God, because I thought 
at that time it was just me and her so i wouldn't talk to anybody else who had similar stories you know so me it's like a language still like you know you have to go through it in order to understand so like me and her would literally be just venting each other all the time we still do we like i still bring it up to her and we still yeah. vent about it, so Wow. That's so, like, that's so sad that, like, you and all of these people that just have gone through so much. And, and it makes me happy that that everybody is, is like, connecting as a community. I love to hear that, like, that, like, groups of people are reconnecting with their, their cross line or their downline or, like, even upline. I've heard that one time. Um, but it's it's really great that we can be here to be supportive now as a community versus when we were worldwide, we weren't allowed to do that. And that support is is amazing. And I am so grateful that you had that experience. And, you know, now that you're out of the business, I know that you had so much happen after you left. Mm-hmm. Like, what was life like kind of in the days, months, year following you leaving the business? It was so hard to adjust to just having this new life um, without the business. I took, I started taking naps. Um, <laughs> yeah. Like my sister was the one that taught me. She was like, dude, like take a nap. And man, like when you're going, when you don't realize you're going that hard, like your body knows. And so I was like sleeping it. Like I would, as soon as I come home after work, I would just sleep. Um, and, um, and we were still struggling to move. So we had moved, me and my sister moved into a room. We got out and moved with this lady who, um, was able to have us be with her for six months. That tended to not roll. So then we moved again. So it's still a lot of moving around. Like, I know you had trouble keeping a job after. Well, I had, I still had trouble like landing a place to live. I hear that. Yeah. Uh, Oh yeah. It's still kind of a struggle. Um, just mindset stuff, really, like le- learning how to, and it, and I'm, this word might be triggering, but like, and it's true and it's beneficial, but it's rewiring my brain, you know, we, because they have this book. Yeah, in the oh, book. yeah. Yeah. And, and, but literally like, you know, they uh, I, just rewiring like, okay, like I don't have to continuously grind. I don't have to, um, you know always be productive. I can watch TV. I can watch a movie. I can watch, binge watch a show and I feel guilty about it. Um, yeah. Oh yeah. Like that is something that I really like that you're pointing out that you really had to learn how to relax. Yeah. And I'm still learning. Like I, Oh, so I, I recently had a baby. So, um, and I'm a single mom and, um, you know, I realized that I was speeding to get to him and speeding a lot in my life, but like speeding mentally and speeding physically, I got a ticket. And I was like, damn, I'm trying. I was like, <laughs> <laughs> right, right. So I'm always like, always in this rush, rush, rush. And I'm learning how to like, hey, like calm down because that's all I did in the business. I was work and rush and like get ready and like build a business. It was like such a rush, you know? Um, so yeah. learning how like slow down and like relax and I often like find like quotes that rewire and I don't I think I have it on my phone but it's literally talking about rest um okay it says this it says stop glamorizing the grind and start glamorizing getting seven hours of sleep 
at night, having healthy relationships, feeling safe at work, taking sick days, uh, being paid a living wage, working hard when you're at work, boundaries, and self-caring your way to success. Um, wow. I see a lot of those quotes, and that is what I I am now, like, embodying. I don't want to grind so hard anymore. You know what I mean? You can self-care your yeah. way to success. Because I feel like you you don't take care of yourself when you were when I was building that business, especially mentally, mental health wise. And it, and honestly, like, and I hope that my son, you know, doesn't take this the wrong way. But when I was pregnant, I and knowing that I was going to become a single mom, I resented it because of the business, because I'm like, damn, I'm going to have to grind again. And have to become be on a strict schedule because I have this responsibility and I feel like I gave all that energy to that business and I feel like I barely have any left right now that this baby's gonna come um so I have a lot of resentment also too like there was this podcast that you recorded her um and she was like I have a hard time like committing to things now so do I like when I I genuinely was good at school like I was I graduated honors with honors and I want, I've always had a desire to go back, but then at the same time, I'm like, nah, like, I don't want to like grind, like, cause you know, that fear. <laughs> yeah, I totally agree. And then when you said that to me, the first time we talked, that's the first time I'd ever heard somebody say something that like, I didn't know how to express. Cause I felt the same way. I was like, I really want to go back to school, but you're right. I don't want to, to to exhaust myself the same way that I did and then end up being for nothing, you know? And even though I'm sure it would, I'd have some sort of value from it. I just, that fear will always be there. And, and then kind of going back to what you were saying too, about the resentment, don't feel bad. I had, and this was before the business, but a little bit after too, because when I was pregnant with my first child, I knew I was going to be a single mom. Like, even though I was married to the guy, like it was all shit show. And I had a lot of resentment. I was scared. I was like, what the fuck am I doing? I'm 19 years old. This is not a good thing. Um, I mean, obviously now it's all good. You know, my kid's 11. He's all, he's all good. But with my youngest child, it was like, it was the first time I'd ever done a pregnancy alone. It was the first time that I was like, this happened to me because these people in the business influenced me to make decisions. They influenced me to get back with my ex. Like my child is a product of that abusive relationship. Like it's, I think it's okay to hold resentment because it's a so unknown at that time. I mean, obviously everything changes when your baby's born, but like it's, it's emotional. It's traumatizing because what they did to you was horrible. Yeah. It's just, just the grind part really was, it was the most traumatizing for me um, because I just, and and I find it now bleeding through my work uh, right now. Like I just, even my co the, the person that's training me with this new position, um, she's just like, I can see you have potential and that you can work hard, but I also see that you, you hold back. And I'm like, well, yeah. And she knows about this business. She knows what I was in um, and she understands. And, but she's actually really like healing me uh, in a lot of ways. Like she, like it's okay to work hard in in the company and and the thing is now as I'm getting a paycheck right so it's okay to work hard <laughs> you know yeah you're actually um, getting paid this yeah. time so um and too as I think in February um 
I was looking at my numbers and stuff and I was like, you know what? I think I can afford a studio with my son. And that was the whole goal for me was go to go Eagle. And I cried to them at the table when I was telling them that I wanted to quit was because you, I told them, like, I told you, you told me that when I go Eagle, that I can get an apartment, I can get my own home because that's, I never had one, you know, it was so unstable growing up and I cried to them. And like knowing that that promise wasn't going to come, be, you know, because I guess it just my ego ship wasn't that strong. I uh, I was so torn because, you know, I always just wanted my own place and and like moving around with all these people, living with people was so hard. So even there was even a Kate once where she was like, maybe it's you. I'm like, no, it's, <laughs> it's hard. Wow, living sorry. Yeah, that was another red flag. <laughs> yeah. And so like. I just, yeah, like I, like knowing that I'm gonna get the studio upcoming in February, like I'm so pumped because it's just gonna be me and my son. And I, I don't wanna live with, I do not wanna live with family. And I, I learned very quickly that I just can't live with my sister. I love her to death, but I just can't live with her. Um, and um, just being able to have a, knowing that I work, right? And there, and I'm, I have a roof over my head because of the job. It, yeah. it's going to make me appreciate my job more, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Wow. I mean, you've come so far and I think we've talked about this before, but I think you're doing amazing. And yeah. I think that the business, it sucked so much from you, like a lot of energy and slowly, but surely your energy will come back, but then it goes away when you get close to 30. So <laughs> but no for real like I I really do you know it's a healing process and I'm I'm really excited for you to kind of enjoy you know motherhood the way that you've always dreamed of motherhood to be because you know when you when you're raised with moms like ours it's like it's hard you know and I know that there are moments that are scary it's like oh my god I just know I never want to be this way but you are going to be such a great I mean you are already because you're not pregnant anymore like you have this child now you. but you're such a great mom already having all these four thoughts like you're thinking about your child's future already a lot some some people like I know for me I didn't have that my mom was never like I I foresee this for you it was it was never like that so I think you're doing an amazing job um, but I am so grateful that you've just been so willing to share this journey and, and be so vulnerable. Yeah, no, I'm very, I'm, I really, I'm very open. Like I want people to, to hear all of it, you know, um, because I, I hope that, you know, when they hear it, that they will relate and that they will get something from it. And I swear to God, thank you, Danny, for all that you're doing. Like uh, when I started listening to those other podcasts you recorded, I was just like, oh, my God, it was like a relief. It was triggering, but it was a relief. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, and but I was it was a, such a relief knowing that, OK, I, you know, I wasn't the only one, you know, that yeah. it feels like they, you know, wasted years of their life or wasted their 20s. You know, like you'll give up your 20s for it. Yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you. I, I appreciate it. But I really do it for other people. You know, we were all at some point, whether it's people who were in worldwide BWW or any of the Amway tools businesses, any other MLMs, cults, or even domestic violence relationships, like we were all suppressed at one point where we didn't have a voice. We didn't, we were either scared or or somebody was telling us that we couldn't say anything. And I really feel like it's so important that we are all able to share our stories. Cause at the end of the day, why did we all join worldwide to share our story and help people? They yeah. let us do that. So that's where 
I mm. want all of us to come together and be like, you can't do that worldwide. We are going to talk. We're going to speak our truth. And I'm sorry that it makes you look bad, but you guys suck. Like in my humble opinion, what you guys do is traumatizing people. It's very so it's I can, abuse at the end of the day. It is. 1000% so, it is emotional abuse. You're giving us a voice, you know? Yeah. And, yeah. That's, and I and hope I, that <laughs> it helps. <laughs> oh, no, 100%. It's so I'm like, oh, finally, I get to let this out. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And totally. Like, yeah. Like, and I don't want to be silenced anymore. Like, there's a song it's the um aladdin you know the girl uh it's the live one yeah but the live one the live i haven't seen that one and it's uh she's in lemonade mouth but she plays jasmine and she has this song called silence like i'm not going to be silenced anymore um and i think that's what you're you're doing for all of us that we're not gonna shut up we're gonna speak our truth and uh, I think when you come from background abuse, that's a huge deal, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Well, again, thank you so much for your kind words, but I thank you for coming here. And like I said, being so vulnerable and sharing the story and, you know, helping to inspire other people to share their story too. And I am just, I'm really grateful. Did you have any last and final thoughts for anybody who might be listening? I got everything out that I needed to get out. I hope that I didn't leave any parts missing either because that's what I was more afraid of. I didn't want to leave any parts so people that they can like, like relate to it or like, you know, make it feel better. And, um, um, but yeah, I just hope that whoever, if you're in business, you know, make your own decision. Um, but if you're not in business, um, I hope that you heal from all of it. So. Yeah, definitely. Well, thank you again so much. If you guys want to be like Antonia and come and share your story, please DM me on Instagram at xsnt.podcast. You guys can find me on TikTok, YouTube, at podcast, and really anywhere you guys can find podcasts. So I'm really excited to see you guys. We'll catch you guys in the next episode.